Welcome to Truth Talk with John Morgan of Traders Point Church of Christ. Traders Point Church of Christ is located at 8220 West 82nd Street in Indianapolis. More information about worship times and Bible study can be found at traderspointchurch.org. Good morning and welcome to Truth Talk. My name is John Morgan with the Traders Point Church of Christ. I'm here with our evangelist, Jeremy Bard. And we're going to be in John chapter 15 this morning. We've been studying through the Gospel of John. And we are in chapter 15 now as we continue our study through the last few days of Jesus' life before his crucifixion. And we, we talked last week about how Jesus, in a lot of ways, is reassuring the, his disciples of the relationship that will continue on after he is gone. And that they won't be left alone, but they will still have the aid and the support that Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit can provide. And that theme, in a lot of ways, is going to continue on as we get into chapter 15, as he's going to build on that uh, same idea and that same principle that he had began uh, addressing in chapter 14. So, Jeremy, as we get into chapter 15 this morning, it begins with this imagery that I think is very familiar to a lot of people of, of the vine and the vine dresser and the branches and those sorts of things. And again, this is something that I think a lot of, especially Christians, uh, have, have talked about, studied about. Um, and it, it's a really interesting uh, picture that he's going to paint for us. As we get into chapter 15 and we see this imagery begin to unfold, what are some of your initial takeaways of how Jesus begins this conversation? Well, I think one of the big takeaways is going to be to still kind of have in your mind the context of where we are. Um, even though we have a, you know, a chapter break mm-hmm. here in chapter 15 you know that the publishers are going to toss in there for us, this is a continuation of the conversation that he had in John 14, even back into John chapter 13, yeah. where you have there at the end of that chapter that we talked about you know several weeks ago now where you know he says listen I'm going somewhere and you can't you can't go with me and then that really leads there into chapter 14 with all of these questions from you know certainly Peter at the end of chapter 13 to Thomas to Philip to Judas I mean they're all asking questions you know that's stemming on the fact that you know Jesus is going to go somewhere they don't get to go and and you know they're bothered by that Jesus makes reference to that even at the very beginning of mm-hmm. chapter 14 and so he is reassuring them and he does so by, by I think explaining to them that their relationship that we ha- that they have there physically is is about to take another is about to take another step and mm-hmm. it's it's going to be so much more than even what it was when he was there walking the earth with them and i think in a lot of ways he builds on that a little bit in john chapter 15 Certainly the image that he paints at the very beginning is still a, a relationship. You want to talk about a really close relationship yeah. kind of picture that he paints. And so I still think he's he's leaning on some of those ideas about their relationship and what that relationship is going to be because that's where their questions are. They mm-hmm. understand their relationship right now mm-hmm. as he's walking around. Yeah. But if he's going to be gone, what's then my relationship going to be? I think he begins to kind of explain that in John 14, and he kind of— continues explaining that here at the beginning of this chapter. Yeah, the challenge is for the apostles to kind of break the the mindset of, well, if Jesus is gone, then he's over there and we're over here. <laughs> yeah. And we're separate. You know, that that's the that's the easy way to process that from a physical standpoint. But what Jesus is doing with the analogy that he uses here at the beginning of chapter 15 
is that not only is that not the case, but we're actually one. You know, that, that's, that's the imagery that he's using yeah. here, that we are, we're one, we're part of the same plant here. You know, that, that's, that's a, very, uh, a very close relationship there that's being described, to be part of the same organic organism, if that's even a, a phrase. I'm not sure if I said that right. But, you know, we're all part of the same body here. That's the picture that's being painted. And, and we're getting our nutrition and our, our nutrients from our Father. And that's being passed along to us so that we can grow and develop and do great things. And so Jesus is building upon that idea that he, he began just a chapter ago and trying to help them understand that you, you have to get past the physical separation that's going to occur and recognize the close-knit relationship that's going to replace the physical relationship, right. the spiritual one that's really going to aid you in ways that a physical relationship Can. could never do. Yeah, and that is tough for them to grab hold of for sure, but I think these kinds of pictures help. I mean, I think they really help. I mean, we've made reference, you know, several times that you have throughout the Gospel of John these seven profound I am statements. Yeah. And we've talked about a lot of them. We had one just in, in John chapter 14 that we talked about last week when he says that, you know, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And, and you see another one of those right here in John 15. You, you have this profound statement mm-hmm. that, you know, I, I am the true vine. And you're, you know, it's interesting the way that you, you phrased it. Uh, that it is he's painting not that i'm here and you're over there and god is over there we are connected together i mean we are connected together that's the kind of relationship that we have he made mention you know in chapter 14 you know at verse 23 that you know if you love me you'll keep my word my father will love him and we'll come and make our home with him and that same kind of idea of this close relationship in a, different than what their physical one is, but deeper yeah. and even more intimate even is what will ultimately unfold throughout the rest of the New Testament. And that this is now the relationship he's trying to get them to see. Yeah, and when that relationship is present and is what, is it to, what it's intended to be, the result is going to be that we're going to bear fruit right. as as a result of that relationship. We're we're going to be given all of the tools and the nutrients and the power that we need to bear fruit on behalf of the vine. Right. That, that's what all this is about. You know, and we you know we can talk about you know what that looks like, but I think the point that, that is being made is it's evident. Right. When, when you're a part of God's family, your works in this world are going to make it very evident where your alliance is. It's going to be very evident to everyone around you that you are one of God's children because you're going to bear the fruit associated with him. And that, that is exactly the point that's being made here by Christ. And I think as, as we continue on to see where the apostles and his followers are going to go you know, after he dies and is, is taken back up into heaven, that's going to be even more evident as the gospel spreads rapidly in a very short period of time. It's going to be evident that they are of God because of what happens in their lives and because of the things that they do on behalf of the Lord. And the, the same is true in our lives today. If we truly are are one of God's children is going to be very evident in the way that we live our lives and the things that we do on his behalf. It's going to be obvious that we are his. That's that's what the, the picture that Jesus is painting here I think is intended to point out to them and to us as well. You can't be one of God's children 
and then have all kinds of things in your life that show that you're somewhere else. It doesn't work that way. If you're part of God's, then, then the works in your life are going to make that very obvious. Yeah, and because of the visual illustration that he uses, I mean, the stark language that mm-hmm. comes up now based upon those that aren't living in that relationship as they need to it is i mean it, it it is it's evident and it's it's in your face i mean you mm-hmm. get into it at the very beginning in verse two when he says listen every branch in me that does not bear fruit he, he takes it away now yeah. he'll talk about it here in just a minute what happens to those branches he says, listen, you're, you're, you're clipped off, you're taken away. And so because of the visual, and, and it's a visual that everybody then understands, and really it's so good, it's a visual we understand. Mm-hmm. I yep. mean, it's, I mean, trees and bushes and plants work in the exact same way now <laughs> as they did then. Right. So it's, it's something they all understood, and it's something we understand. You're, yeah. You know, something is growing, and you have something that's dead, that's not doing anything, that's in the way. We cut that thing off, yeah. and we don't, we don't plant it somewhere else. We toss it in the garbage. I mean, that's, that's what we do. Yeah. And it's a stark way to say it. But it is the exact point that he's making. And so, yeah, you're right that if you are abiding and you're growing and you're bearing fruit, it's evident. And you'll be pruned so that you can be even more in that relationship. And it's a a remarkable picture that's given to us here with two very stark differences in the the branches. The ones that are pruned to be even closer or the ones that are dead and cut and tossed away. And I, I love the fact that kind of on the tail end of this... He gives us our motivation for why we strive to bear fruit for him. In verse number 8, By this my Father is Mm -hmm. glorified that you bear much fruit. That's what all this is about. You know, the, the fruit that we bear in the Lord's kingdom isn't for people to look at us and say, oh, wow, you're doing a really good job. Or, man, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're really good at that. Or, wow, Jesus is lucky to have you. You know, that, that's not what this is about at all. Our motivation for bearing fruit in the Lord's kingdom is to glorify him. It's to bring glory to the Father. That's what it's all about. And so that that motivates me in everything that I do and the, the relationships that I have on this earth and the actions that I take, how I spend my time and my energy. All of it is motivated by the fact that I want to bring glory to God through my life. And that, that really is what drives me. I, I want to bear fruit for my Father because I want to bring glory and honor to Him in His name. That's what it's about. And in any other motivation, any selfish motivation is going to lead us to the unfortunate area that you just described a moment ago where we're no longer doing it for the glory of God. We're doing it for ourselves. And, And that means that we're going to be clipped off ultimately because we're no longer showing our allegiance and our love to Father by bringing glory and honor to His name. We're now trying to do that for ourselves. Right. And that's not a characteristic of a child of God's. Our motivation is to have the spotlight shine on Him and for all glory to be given to Him. Listen, we've talked about it a lot throughout our study of the Gospel of John, but I mean, that was Jesus as the Son of God's motivation. Yeah, yeah, I mean, His motivation was to glorify God. I mean, He talked about it over yeah. and over and over and over again. And we've tried our best throughout this study of John to kind of pinpoint some of those and talk about some of those times. But I mean, that, that was His motivation. I mean, He's going to get, you know, I'm, listen, I'm a big jump ahead guys so I'm gonna do it again but you know even a couple of chapters from where we are in chapter 17 when Jesus is praying you know his whole focus is on glorifying God Mm -hmm. I mean that is his whole purpose 
That is his sole motivation, is the fact that the Father is going to be glorified. And so it shouldn't come to a, a, a surprise in any way. He even makes the point here in this same context, you know, in verses you know, 9, 10, and 11, that, listen, if you, again, if you love me, you're going to keep my commandments. I mean, we talked about that last week in John 14, but he makes the point. That's how I've shown my love for the Father. Yeah. You know, I, I love him, so I, I follow his will. I mean, it, it, that'll come up, you know, to play when he's praying in the garden, not many days from where we are right here, and he makes that point. It's not about my will, it's your will that's important here. And why is his will important? Because Jesus loves the Father. Mm-hmm. And so that's that is our love for Jesus. Why is Jesus' will and what he wants important? Because I love him that much. And so you start to see all of these things tied together, not pulled apart, mm-hmm. but tied together in love. And that's in a lot of ways where this chapter is going to go. He, he will leave this picture behind, but continue to talk about the importance of love because it is the motivation. Why do I want, I, I love God and he's glorified then in my life. And now it's that motivation for everything in this really intimate relationship. I mean, it's as close of a relationship as you can be. Mm-hmm. As Jesus will say, listen, verse 5, without me, you, you can't do anything without me. If that, I mean, that is as dependent of a statement as you can yep. get. And that is the level of the relationship that we can have. It's remarkable yeah. when you start to think about it. It's remarkable that this is the kind of relationship that we can have with God. I think you can say that really for much of what Jesus has to say, over you know this time period leading up to his crucifixion one of the main themes of that is love yeah. you know it's not just here in chapter 15 I mean, we've been talking about it already for a couple of weeks and we're going to continue to talk about it uh, for another couple of weeks that's a big theme of what Jesus has to to say in these last few days it's talking about the love that he has for the father as you mentioned talking about the love that the father has for him and the father has for us and that Jesus has for us and we have for Jesus and all <laughs> yeah. you know, and and then he's going to continue that on even to say it's also something to think consider when it comes to the relationships that you have with each other right and, and all of those things are, are interconnected in a lot of ways and and the overarching theme of all of them is love and the example of 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 love that he gives us is the love that he has for us that that's what he wants us to look to and to see he's he's going to make the point here he, you know greater love has no man than to lay down his life he's going to do just that right. like that's exactly what he's doing <laughs> yeah. and he's using that as an example like the love that i have for you surpasses any other love that you're going to see on from a physical relationship. You know, no one else is going to demonstrate the level of love that I'm demonstrating on behalf of you. He's going to be the example for us in that regard. And so he wants that to be what we turn to and look to as an example for the love that we have for one another, the love that we have for him and the Father, all of those things. He wants he wants the love that he is showing to be the true example that we turn to. And I think he knows that this is going to be what his disciples need right now. I mean, we, we can't forget, I mean, where, where they are. I mean, he, they are with a troubled heart. I mean, that's yeah. why he says in the beginning right. of chapter 14, don't, don't <laughs> let your heart be troubled. I mean, they are there with a troubled uh-huh. heart. And what is it that moves them past that? The understanding of the love that they that Jesus has for them, that mm-hmm. God has for them, as you made mention, that they can have 
you know, for Jesus. And now, you know, he has all of the conversation in chapter 14, the beginning of chapter 15. And I think he kind of concludes that, even he'll move on to, you know, kind of another topic, beginning of verse 12. But he says there in verse 11, these things I've spoken to you. Mm-hmm. I think that's all of the things, including in the entirety of chapter 14, mm-hmm. the beginning of chapter 15, these things I've spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. It is the, don't let your heart be troubled. Yeah. <laughs> be joyful of, yep. uh, of what it has happened and certainly about what is about to happen because our, our relationship is about to go to a, a completely whole new level. And that new relationship even is solely based upon love. And it's just a remarkable thing to think about. And so I think it is, you have this full picture from chapter 14 to the beginning of chapter 15 with, hey, don't be troubled by what's about mm-hmm. to happen. Be excited about what's about to, be ha- what's about to happen. Now, they're not going to be excited about right. it for a little, a yeah. little while yeah. because it's going to hit them like a ton of bricks for sure. But he's really showing the compassion he has for them by helping them through you know, this really, really tough time. Yeah, I think that's a lot to ask in a lot of ways because what he's been talking about is the time in which he's going to leave them, yeah. uh, the time in which he's going to be killed. I mean, these are things that he's been talking to them about over the past you know, few days, even really, I mean, the past few years, if you want to go back. But that's what he's been talking to them about. Yeah. And so now to tell them that you know, in, in all of this, your joy may be full that that's asking a lot for for someone to really grasp that when all that they've heard is you're leaving you're dying this doesn't sound like anything that's supposed to be joyful and yet if you truly understand what jesus has been talking about over these past couple of chapters and, and the relationship that is going to be available to us because of what Jesus is going to do, because of the fact that he's going to be willing to go to the cross and die for our sins, and that through that we're going to have the opportunity to have the Spirit and the Father and Jesus to dwell within us and have that level of a relationship with them. Once you understand that, then you're going to understand how your joy can be made full through all of this. But until you understand that, what you're going to recognize is the pain that's going to be associated with the loss of the physical relationship. Right. But what Jesus wants them to see and what he needs us to see today as well is that the only way that our joy can be full is to have that relationship with him through his word, through the spirit. He wants us to build that level of a relationship with him. That's the only way that our joy today can be full. Otherwise, we're going to be continuing to look for ways to be made joyful and to have that joy be made complete within us. And we're going to continue to strike out because the only way that that joy can truly be made full is when we have the relationship with Christ that he's describing here. Yeah, we can search for that joy in lots of different, and people do. I mean, yeah, so, sure they search do. for it in lots of different places, but it's only going to be filled up with this, with this kind of relationship. And, you know, although it may not be something they're fully grasping hold of right now, but they're going to, they're mm-hmm. going to see it. But, you know, it's just, it's just so interesting, you know, the picture that he creates here at the beginning of chapter 15. It is as close of a dependent relationship as yeah. you can have. And, you know, that's, listen, he's, he said it in chapter 14. You, you want to make it to the Father? I, I'm the only way. He mm-hmm. says it in chapter 15. Without me, you can do nothing. Mm-hmm. And so I think the disciples understood that. 
what they were struggling with, how is that still possible because you're leaving? Yeah, right. I mean, I understand that because you're right here. Uh-huh. And I, yeah, without you, we, we can't, but you're going. But the point is making, yeah, physically I'm going, but I'm still going to be here. And and ultimately, as he moves on, you know, beginning there in verse 12, ultimately he's going to move into, and you still have each other. Right. And, right. and so the amount of incredible love that I have is the same kind of love that you need to have. And they are going to have to lean on each other. They do, for sure. They, they're going to have to do that. And he, he makes that point, if you get down into verse number 18 and following, Listen, the world is going to hate you. Like, let's not, let's not, you know, be around the bush here. The world is going to hate you. And you need to prepare yourself for that. And I think a lot of what Jesus is doing over these past couple of chapters, and we talked a little bit about it last week, is that Jesus is preparing them. Yeah. He's preparing them for the time after he leaves. And he's, he's giving them all of the tools and the teaching that they need to carry on. And this is one of those important important teachings that he's going to leave them with. That you guys need each other because the world is going to hate you. And they're not going to hate you because of anything that you're doing. He says, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. Right. And this is very reminiscent of even going back. I made a note in my Bible, First Samuel chapter 8. A very similar principle is taught there if you want to go back and take a look at that. But... This isn't a new concept here. When we feel hatred from the world as God's children, it's not because we've done something. It's because they're truly hating God. They, they hate the principles on which we stand in right. a lot of ways. That, that's, where that, that's where that hatred is rooted. And Jesus is, in some ways, comforting them a little bit with these words because otherwise it would be very easy for them to take all of this extremely personally and it, you know it's almost impossible when they're going to be trying to stone them you know in just a, sh- a short period of time but don't take it personally recognize that if the world hates you they hated me first and that's really where all this is stemming from you continue to do your part you continue to work in the kingdom you continue to bear fruit lean on each other during those difficult times but don't be surprised when the world hates you. Yeah, I mean, it, it's an indication of then what their relationship with Jesus is going to be. I yeah. mean, it, it's a descriptive indicator almost that, mm-hmm. you know, is the world because you're not of the world. I mean, that's what, you know, that's the, you know, the world loves its own and you're different right. from that. And so that's the point that is going to make. And, and it, they're different from that even in the way that they love. I mean, you know, we've referenced it already a couple of times, but, you know, he's going to tell them, listen, you, you love one another as I have loved you. And then that point, you know, lo- greater love is no one than this to lay down one's life for his friends Mm -hmm. and then he goes on in kind of a an interesting you know kind of way to because it almost makes us uncomfortable to think about jesus in this way but he he tells them listen you you are my friends Mm -hmm. i've chosen you You, you, we we are friends and you know i think the point that he's making pay attention Mm -hmm. i'm I'm gonna lay down my life from you and that is the kind of love that you need to have for each other. And that kind of love is different from the way the world loves. Yeah, it is. And you're going to act different than the way the world acts, and you're going to be different from the way that the world is. And all of those things are the way that they are because of your relationship with Jesus. And they're, you're right. They're not hating you to hate you. They're hating you because of your relationship with me. And, you know, he wants them to understand that, listen, that's that's coming 
but but that's okay. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's the way that it needs to be to make sure that our relationship is where it needs to be. And the relation, you know, I feel like we've been harping on this for. <laughs> you know, all of, all the time, but the relationship is really what it's all about. Yes. I mean, that, that's what it's all about here. It's the relationship that, that we have with our brothers and sisters today and the strength that we can gain from each other during difficult times. But ultimately, it's the relationship that we have with the Father and, and, and all of the wonderful benefits that come through that right now. And, you know, I think sometimes, and this may be a little bit of a tangent, but I think sometimes there, there's a mindset of, you know, one day I'm going to reap the reward. You know, one day when, yeah. when I go to heaven, I'm going to finally reap the reward of the relationship that I've had with, with God. And I think Jesus paints a much different picture uh, of that relationship. The, the benefits of be, having a relationship with God are evident right now. You know, we, we, are, we have been cleansed from our sins. We have been filled with the Spirit. We have a relationship with God that benefits us in this life right now. And that's going to continue on through all of eternity. Right. But that relationship is, is, is right now, and the, and the rewards that we can have from that are evident right now. And we need to take advantage of that, and we need to see the, the great joy that can come through that. I think that's what he's trying to help his apostles understand as well is that the relationship that you can have with me is going to continue. It's not stopping. It's changing, certainly, because physically I'm no longer going to be here. But that relationship, it can deepen and it can continue. I'm never going to leave you by yourself. That's one of the points we made last week in chapter 14. You're never going to be left alone in this. And we need to feel that today as well as his children. We can reap the rewards of being his children right now in this life, and that will continue throughout eternity. It's not something that we're waiting for to receive one day. Yeah, and it is the power that can come from having that relationship with Jesus right now, mm-hmm. but also the blessings that come from uh, having a relationship with other people that have that yeah, relationship right. with Jesus. And, and I think in a lot of ways that's where he is here, of, of getting them to understand, yeah, I'm going to be gone, but I, yeah, I'm not leaving you alone. And that's a big part of John chapter 14. But not just that I'm not leaving you alone, that I'm still going to because I'm God and I can be wherever and I'm going to be there to help, and I'm going to be there to listen when you pray, and I'm sending the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit will be there to help you, you know, all those things. But but also you're going to have each other. Mm-hmm. And because you share in the relationship uh, with each other because of your relationship with me. And it, it is, it's incredible the amount of blessings that can come from that. And now you start to understand verse 11, that our mm-hmm. joy can be right. full in him because you're surrounded by all of these incredible relationships. And you're right. We've talked a lot about relationships over the last couple of weeks, but that that's on purpose. I mean, yeah. that's where, that's what Jesus is talking about. And so that's certainly what we have to talk about. It is. And you know, that, that idea is going to continue on even as he talks towards the end of the chapter here. He's obviously making the point about how the world is going to react to all of this and the hatred that, that is going to be felt. And then he's going to conclude this in verse number 26 by saying, When the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, we talked about that in chapter 14, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me, and you also will bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. And so, yeah, the, don't misunderstand. This is going to be tough, and you're going to have to experience some of the hatred that the world is going to, to send your way. But then I, I like how he kind of bookends that idea 
with this reassurance, again, of the helper that's going to be there for them. And what's going to happen as a result of that is he will testify of me, and you'll bear witness because you've been with me from the beginning. Now, I think that's a clear foreshadowing of certainly what's going to happen in Acts chapter 2, but I think the same can be said even today as we benefit from the relationship that we have with the Spirit and the relationship that we have with God through his word. We, too, can testify on his behalf. We can share the same truth that the apostles were sharing on on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. We we have all of the tools to do the very same thing today. And so that relationship can be seen through our testimony today as we help spread the gospel and do our part in the Lord's kingdom today. And so I really like how he kind of he wraps up this this uh, this section about the the hatred that they're going to experience with the world by again reassuring them of the blessings going to come when the Spirit comes. Yeah, I mean, you know, the ver- those last two verses are said with surety. I mean, yeah. it, it, it is you also will bear witness of me because you've been with me from the beginning. It's not you're going to have an opportunity, or you might, or you know, some mm-hmm. will. I mean, you will bear witness of me, and so you have that surety. And they're going to bear witness directly because of the help that they're going to get. And so it is full circle from the the very end of chapter 13 in a lot of ways. I'm going away. Uh You can't come with me. Boo-hoo, that's sad. (laughs) But don't be sad Uh because uh, there's going to be lots of help. Me, God, the Holy Spirit, the Father, each other. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're just going to be surrounded by so much support, so much to the fact that you're going to be the ones testifying. You're going to be the ones bearing witness because of this relationship. I love how he says, because you've been with me from the beginning. It is because of this special relationship that we have, you Mm -hmm. are going to be exactly where you need to be. Even though you don't feel it right now, you're going to be exactly where you need to be. Absolutely. We'll go ahead and wrap things up there uh, for this week. We want to take a moment to just say thank you for uh, joining us and studying along with us. Hopefully this giving you some things to think about as you continue your own study in the gospel of john we'll be back next week to pick up in john chapter 16 Uh, but until then we want to uh, extend an invitation to anyone who might be interested in coming to worship with us Uh, we meet on sunday mornings at 9 a.m 10 a.m for worship and again at 6 p.m on sunday evenings we're on the northwest side of Indianapolis at, at the corner of 82nd and Lafayette Road. So please come and join us if you have an opportunity to do so. Uh, you can also follow us online. Uh, we live stream our services and we also post um, episodes of the radio show and other things on our Facebook page. So if you don't uh, follow us there, please take a moment to do so so you can stay up to date with uh, what's happening here. So thank you again for your time this morning and we'll talk to you again next week. You've been listening to Truth Talk with John Morgan of the Traders Point Church of Christ. Traders Point Church of Christ is located at 8220 West 82nd Street in Indianapolis. More information about worship times and Bible study can be found at traderspointchurch.org. You can hear Truth Talk every Sunday at 10 a.m. right here on 98.9 FM WYRZ.